Hey everyone, welcome back to the Period Chats podcast. I'm your host, Kate Morton, registered dietitian and founder of Funkit Wellness. And today's episode is going to be a little, I mean, we always get personal, but I am going to share some things with you guys that I have not talked publicly about yet. And Dr. Nyack is going to be here to help navigate and guide this conversation. We met, I mean, it's been a while now, but we met, of course, through the beautiful internet. I just found you and like loved your work and you've been a big supporter of Funkit and we just, you know, you're so great for all of the patients and clients that you work with. So I wanted to bring you on to help navigate this conversation about health health and fertility and then health before trying to conceive because I'll give you guys some quick background information. You guys know I have Hashimoto's. You know I have celiac. I got diagnosed about nine months ago. I went to my OBGYN and was like, okay, I'm ready to start trying to have a baby. And she was like, uh, hold on a minute. No, you're not. And I was like, what do you mean? And I was like, so caught off guard, like left the office in tears. She was like, you're, we need to retest your antibodies. We need to see where your TSH is at. We need to do all of these things that my other practitioner hadn't been doing. I assumed I was just fine, which was naive. And I should have known better guys. Like I literally get on this podcast all day and talk to you about advocating for your health. But I was so caught off guard. I was so upset. Like just the level of like devastation I felt like, I just felt like silly almost. Like how did I not know all these things? And so it's going to be like a six to nine month journey. My antibodies when I got them tested were higher than when I got diagnosed. There's just still a lot of root cause work I need to do. So that's the background of what prompted me to reach out to Dr. Nyack and be like, can you come on this podcast and just teach us about why this is important? And, you know, we were talking before I hit record and I kind of want to just give you back over the floor to kind of say what you were saying, because it actually even changed my outlook on it. Like that I was lucky somebody told me no. That somebody told me, hey, actually, this is not where your body is right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think many practitioners will, or many people will find practitioners that are willing to say, no, I think there's cleanup to be done before you get pregnant. Sometimes it's physical. And honestly, my first experience with that as a physician myself was a patient who really wanted to get pregnant, who was getting her PhD. Her dad had just died and was thinking about possibly divorcing her husband. And like intuitively, I was like, this isn't the time for you. But I was so scared to say that because people come to you for service, right? So it's really amazing that your OB was just clear enough to to say there's some work to be done. It sounds like there could have been a little bit more of like emotional handholding there. Like, hey, you can get pregnant. It will happen. I trust your body's ability to heal. However, there may be a healing journey. And, you know, I also want to say there's times that it's not planned and people get pregnant in the midst of trying to heal and you have to kind of double back and grab the reins and figure it all out. But having that type of clarity beforehand, like I can get to a better baseline before getting pregnant. It's great. I mean, it's, it's just you being more empowered and also setting yourself up for a potentially healthier pregnancy, healthier postpartum. Um, even just, I think you had mentioned when we spoke earlier, just switching to meds so that you're not switching meds as you're pregnant or switching your diet so that you're not switching your diet as you're pregnant. It's it's just making the path smoother for you. Yeah. You've really, in just like these last 60 seconds, helped me reframe the entire conversation. Now I'm like, oh, I'm grateful for that. Even though I was a little frustrated at the time. Doctoring you as a doctor should, right? And that, like, I am grateful for that. And yeah, some things I learned, like, oh, the medication I'm currently on isn't approved for pregnancy, were my thought rate, which was interesting. I didn't know. And then that you really should be on, like, this other medication for three to six months prior to trying to conceive to make sure it's working for you. So 
Yeah, that's how I wanted to frame this conversation for you guys was I just every time I learn something, I want to take it and bring it to you guys, even if it's like hard and personal and it's still messy for me. Um, so that's what this conversation is going to be about. It's just like maybe things other people haven't told you because I don't want you to be so caught off guard like I was. So I wanted to ask you like as a doctor, like why – okay, well, first off, I want to frame this conversation. Why is it important that we care about fertility even before we're – even if pregnancy is nowhere on our mind, if we never want to have a baby, yeah. why is fertility just something we should even care about? Because I think that's another thing that I never really was taught to care about. I'm like, oh, come back when you're trying to get pregnant, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it's because – the first thing I want to say is because we have to demedicalize fertility and pregnancy. Like, it, this is a normal bodily function. so optimally barring any genetic abnormalities or overt illnesses or something that takes away fertility. Fertility is truly a vital sign. If you are fertile, your body at at a certain age, right, your body is functioning as the body should. So it's a measure of your body's function. Um, And, you know, worrying about fertility. So you're saying if you never wanted to have a baby, why should you worry about your fertility? Well, because it's directly linked to your hormones and your hormones are directly linked to everything from how you sleep, how you metabolize, you know, your mood throughout the day, uh, how you age, your immune system, on and on. So fertility is so closely linked to hormones, which are, you know, closely linked to every other bodily function. But if you are somebody who does want to get pregnant in the in the distant future, it's still important to especially for people with a uterus, it's important to worry about your fertility now because your eggs are in there. I mean, we, we've all heard this, you know, before that your eggs are forming while you're in the womb. So taking care of your health and fertility, um, it doesn't start the moment you try to get pregnant. And, you know, there are fertility specialists who will <clears throat> inject you with the right medicines to be able to get you pregnant. But ideally, you can do it, you know, with your body being at optimal health on its own. And so worrying about it and worrying isn't even the word I want to use, but just like being mindful of your fertility of your cycles, not only does it set you up for the future, but it also sets you up for health and it tunes you into your body. We have, especially women or people with a uterus who are cycling. It's just a sign that everything is doing what it's supposed to be doing. every month. Exactly. And like when I learned that it's your fifth vital sign, it's like pretty incredible that you get your little like report card check in every month. And that's why with my clients, I'm like, okay, we're not even starting with period tracking. We're starting with ovulation tracking. Like, are you ovulating? What's going on there? And how many women don't know or people don't know? And the thing is, is there are a lot of people I know who are, are so disconnected from that, that they dread their period, you know, the whole period positivity thing, but also they're taking birth control through, you know, they're skipping the placebo pack of their birth control, or they're um, taking pills that don't give you a period, or they're, they have an IUD where they don't get their period, and they feel lucky. And I'm like, like I always try to like control my face when people are like, yeah, I don't bleed, I don't get a period. And I want to, you know, I have to gently push them into understanding that your period also sheds more than just blood or you know the lining of your uterus you want it overturning because that's what keeps a healthy terrain yeah it's so much to learn around that i know i have to do the same thing like oh yeah i'm so lucky i never have period i'm like oh okay and i'm like really leaned into like don't give advice unless asked because i don't want to be that person so i'm like tell me more (laughs) yeah 
Um, okay. So I, I like that we just framed it there. So like this, this episode has relevance for anyone, like anyone, if you're interested in your hormones, this episode has relevance. And so the next question I want to ask, because this is something I get, because this is when I came home from that doctor appointment and I was just like, I was sad. Like last week was a sad week for me. Like, and I looked at my partner and I was like, well, if I have to do all these things, you better be doing things too. And like, he was like, "Uh, okay, what do I need to be doing? And I'm like, you need to figure it out on your own. I can't take on that mental load too. And so I wanted to start there of like, okay, for anyone, like whether like male, female, whatever, should both, like, should both parties be prepping? And then obviously too, there's like a whole other conversation. I know you work a lot with same sex couples, which is amazing. And like, you have a very wide breadth of knowledge on this, but like I had that deep feeling of like, well, why do I have to do all of this? And then I'm like, you know what? I don't like it's 50, 50 sperm and egg. It's important that both are healthy. Just like, give me your rant on that. Like whatever you want to comment on that. Oh, goodness. Well, <clears throat> first of all, it's not even just like opinion. It's scientifically documented that many of the things that we worry about are directly linked to the health of the sperm giving partner. So it's like, you know, your partner's health directly affects not only fertility. So, you know, the ability for the sperm to swim and to actually um, extravasate into the egg, fertilize the egg, that all is dependent upon his nutrition, health, you know, but if there's also, so I have to say this, and for some people, this might not be what they expect to hear from a doctor, but the energetic space needs to be clear for both of you. Both of you need to be grounded and coming from a place of strength, of confidence. And I mean, it happens otherwise, right? We say this all the time that, you know, people get pregnant by accident and are living in terrible conditions or they're sick and they still have babies. But if we're talking about preparing and how we prepare, you want to be strong and clear and grounded. You want to be at your best health. Um, And I mean, there's not enough research or evidence about this, but being somebody who's had a baby before, with a male partner, they feel pregnancy too. There are absolutely changes that occur and changes in perspective. Like they say, a mother is born, a father is born too. And um, there's just so much to consider. Stress management is huge. Nutrition exercise is huge. That doesn't just affect fertility, like the ability to conceive and get pregnant. It also affects the health of the fetus and the health of the child in the future. So there's huge research on even things like simple things. For example, um, there's a link between fertility and also a link between behavioral stuff with men who are on antidepressants when they conceive. Interesting. We don't think about it. It's just like, can you know, we're so worried about our bodies because our body is the host. But ultimately, um, the the health of the DNA, the the age profile of a man. There's studies showing that you know the older the male partner is, the um, higher there are also higher risks of neurocognitive type things like ADHD and things like that. So, you know, everybody's health matters, and and I also don't want to scare people, and I want to say you know babies are born under complete. Uh, horrific conditions and they're they're okay but if we're trying to be the best possible and create the best space possible both partners need to be well one of the things i talk about with patients and couples a lot is libido you know we talk about cycles but for men men also have cyclical hormones but they're just not bleeding so we're not seeing it um and you know like if you have a male partner you could argue that men get their like male pms <laughs> 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 whatever uh, like attitude wise each month, but 
in reality, they have daily cyclical hormones. They're creating testosterone and sperm daily. So I really think libido is a huge measure of the health of a couple, health of the relationship, health of your body, because we're thinking about all of this reproduction as a primitive function, which it is, right? It's the most primitive human function there is. Survival and reproduction. If you have absolutely no libido, your libido's in the tank. It's like, what's going on in your relationship? Is it grounded and clear and connected and ready for this? And also what's going on in your hormonal, physical form? Are you actually open to this? Are your hormones up where they should be? Um, so, I mean, that's my rant on it. It's, it. it's so highly individual. And what I do naturopathically is very individual. So it's like, could I say everybody should get their omegas and fiber and vitamin C? Sure. But also it's like, what is going on with each individual because you're coming together? And there are obviously situations where people get pregnant where they're not with the partner, they're using insemination, et cetera. But if we're talking about two people coming together and trying to conceive, just being as at your best possible baseline is the best place to be. I love that answer. And it's interesting too, like the further and the more I learn, the less I get away or the more I get away from giving blanket recommendations on things because how individual everyone is. But there is such a mental, physical, emotional piece. And I feel like that's the interesting thing I've learned through my own healing journey. I've gotten like a little dose of like being the patient. And it's like there is so much around your mind and your body and feeling grounded And really when I checked in with myself, my body was like, girl, you're not ready. We do not feel good. Like we are not happy. And like, but it took me slowing down and being like, well, what is actually going on? And my body told me, it was like, no, we have some more work to do. The body talks, right? I say that all the time, giving you this invitation to clear the ground and really prepare your body, which I also have to say to you in case nobody said to you, you absolutely can heal from what's going on. And if yes. you pop pregnant tomorrow, you know, by surprise, you also will be okay. You know, it's like, this is, you're in the best case scenario where you have the privilege of knowing so much about your body and knowing that there are things to do, but it's going to be okay either way. Oh, thank you. That makes me feel good. Right. And for anyone listening too, like, I think so many of us are going through our own healing journeys and like, it is like, it is going to be okay. And we are going to get better we are going to get there. It just might take some time. It took us a long time to probably get to the situation we're in. It's going to take some time to undo it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Next. So this is like, again, not to like, we're just going to do more general. So nutrition plays a big role. As I know, as you know, we talk about it all the time. What are some things like that you're like, okay, here are like our three things I think and you kind of already mentioned it, that like everyone should be doing are just a few nutritional tips that people might not think of that are like easy, but actually pretty effective when we're talking about taking care of our bodies and our fertility. Sure. Um, Well, first things first, I think the thing I want to say that's so important is to make the changes now. Because once you are pregnant, it's really hard to do much, but focus and prepare and you're tired and Shifting things is difficult on its own, but shifting things in the context of shifting hormones, shifting needs, minds, etc., um, is really difficult. So making the changes first really, really helps. Um, and if I could, and I will give an absolute blanket statement that applies to everybody, and that one is really for hydration. Sourcing your water clean, avoiding plastics, you know, avoiding uh, because that has hormonal consequences. Um, but 
sourcing your water clean and drinking plenty of water literally helps every bodily function there is. And when you get pregnant, your need for water goes up in an incredible amount. You need much more water than you're used to. So starting that hydration process, getting really cute. Like I tell people all the time, I'm like, get your cute little refillable cup. And yeah, like all the time. <laughs> um, so it's like, you know, water, vegetable and proteins. That's the, you know, the, the triumvirate there of power for making hormones, get, you know, getting clearing hormones too, which is a huge important piece. Um, so like making those changes nutritionally is just so important and it prevents so much, you know, there are so many different, and I'm sure in another episode, you'll go through pregnancy symptoms, but it's like headaches, constipation, um, fatigue, all of that is made better by vegetables and water and getting enough protein, which is absolutely necessary for building hormones, building, uh, babies. Um, so fats, fats, vegetables, proteins, but it's like, it's also about knowing your body's needs, your individual body's needs. So it's not the time to do a fad diet. It's the time to work with somebody who can help you to identify your body's individual needs. I use blood type as an initial marker often um, to just determine what foods may be inflammatory to someone, what foods are, are really beneficial and medicinal for someone. Um, and then we overlay, you know, we overlay taste, resources, culture, beliefs, um, abilities, access to food, etc. But, you know, the psychology of eating is so big, and especially for people who have any history of like restriction or disordered eating, pregnancy can be very, very rough on that. It's like minding your thoughts around food and minding your energy around cooking and, and sourcing your food. It just It just makes a huge difference in the way that you're able to care for yourself in pregnancy without it just feeling like such a huge hurdle and obstacle. Um, and then sourcing, you know, the other thing I'll say about nutrition that's important is really assuming you're planning a pregnancy, you are going to be very mindful about what you put into your body when you do get pregnant. So start now and start looking at sources of foods, um, figuring out like your clean 15, dirty dozen, that whole bit, like eliminating as many pesticides as possible, introducing as many organic products as possible and making nourishing food, nutrient dense food, water rich foods, making them craveable to you. You know, because if you're just introduced, if you never eat veggies and you hate them and then you're trying to scarf them down during pregnancy, you're going to puke. <laughs> you're going to be unhappy. So I'm coming at this from a perspective of just saying, clean it up, you know, one way or another, whatever works for you. Ideally, you work with somebody who personalizes recommendations for you. But truly, it's your heart and mind and your stress level that's going to be improved by just taking care of all of that first. And of course, through cleaning up your diet, you're improving your, your fertility as well. Amazing. I love it. And it is like, it's just so much deeper than we give any of it credit for. And I just love that you keep coming back to that. Like, because that's interesting. I had therapy right before this and a big thing where I was working through, you know, last week and like my sadness around it. And then also like this part of me that like I did have an eating disorder for 12 years and a lot of my current issues stem from damage I did back then and like having to heal that like anger have a more abundance mindset towards food because if you're on a healing journey you may have been told like these foods are inflammatory for you or you can't have these these you quote unquote shouldn't eat these foods it can be really triggering so I think that's a great point of like really taking the time to like dig deep and heal around that because 
I just like sometimes you don't realize how triggering it is until you are in that situation and it's tough. I also, my other hot take is around blood type. I have been saying this for so long. Like I, I don't understand why on the internet everyone's like blood type doesn't matter. And I'm like, you can say what you want. I literally, I'm like O positive blood type. When I got all my testing back about what was inflammatory for me, it literally lined up exactly with like what it said would be inflammatory for O positive. Yeah. Well, the thing I want to say about that is like, we should do a whole nother talk about that. Um, you know, my postdoctoral work was with Dr. Diadamo who wrote the blood type diet books. And my understanding of the science there and the theories there are just so different from bad diet stuff. It's like, there's real science there. And you know, I, I, even if there wasn't, I have seen thousands of people at this point who benefit. So it's, it's usually very aligned. And that kind of brings another point up what I wanted to share, which is that, you know, when we're talking about food, there's this intuitive aspect and there's this cultural aspect, which is like food is love. In so many cultures, we sit with our people and we eat and we commune and people cook for us. And food also has these philosophical beliefs behind it. I, have, I mean, I'm here in Philadelphia, so we run the gamut. And I have people who are strictly ethical vegetarians. So it has nothing to do with what they like or what their culture says. It's really like, I don't believe that this is good for the environment. So I'm not doing it. This is my stand. This is my protest. And so it's like being adaptable in pregnancy. I have people that are like so strictly vegan and they're like, I actually have to eat meat in pregnancy to be well. Um, or meat, I, I'm completely meat averse in pregnancy. Um, and also it's like, you want to be able to commune with your people and eat and, and enjoy and all of that care and all of that psychology is, is affecting you if and when you're pregnant. Yeah. It's just so much deeper than just eat this food, take oh this vitamin. <laughs> I, well, I think like the, the lucky people in this world, you know, like that phrase where it's like, oh, how does it feel to be God's favorite? Or like the people who just eat just to live, like they have no, no attachment or joy from food at all. And I'm like, it must be nice because I love food and the way it tastes. And when my dad cooks me curry, you know what I mean? Like it just, you can't take that away. And when you're pregnant, you're so tender and you're so vulnerable and you really need care and allowing people to care for you and receiving food. It's really important. 100%. Okay. So this is like, I think actually feeds in perfectly because I know like for a lot of people, like when they're prepping, either like maybe they're like, oh, I know my diet's not like perfectly clean and like that's fine too. But like in our pregnancy, they're like really sick. And so prenatals are a big thing. How? And and I actually did a rant podcast before mm-hmm. about how difficult I think it is to find a prenatal. And I reached out to like 10 of the top companies and only one of them sent me their independent lab testing, which I thought was really interesting. I haven't like revealed who that is yet because okay, I wanted okay. to try it first before I like – hype them up because I want to see if I like it. But what do you think about picking prenatals? There's so much like crap out there. There's so much good market. I was so fooled by so much of the marketing. Like, and I I have a brand and I'm like, I know, I know what you're doing. I know how much that product should cost. This is ridiculous. This is robbery. So can you just give us some guidance on like, because yeah. that's like one of the first things I think people want to do is like, okay, I'm going to start taking a prenatal. But then it's like, okay, how do they even approach that process? Yeah. Um, okay. So a couple of layers to this. The first thing is the source of where you're even buying these things. Um, I would say that things like Amazon, they're out. 
vitamin shop, GNC, I'm calling, I'm calling out these companies. And I know that's not really like tactful. However, studies have been done. News articles have been written where they have, you know, third party tested products from these companies and shown that what was in there wasn't in there or what was, or there was more than what was said. Um, I've had a, a personal experience with Amazon where I recommended something for a patient and they came back like and brought their bottles back. And I was like, that's not the label for that company. And I'm like, but it looks familiar. And I realized that company changed their labels about five years ago and Amazon sent them that product. And they've obviously it was five years old, at least. Um, so sources are important. Um, like many naturopaths like myself, will use Fullscript, which is like a wholesale company, and they have their own independent kind of vetting. I love Fullscript. Yeah, Fullscript's awesome. You probably have a Fullscript too. So, mm-hmm. you know, getting products from there, getting products from a source that you can trust is important. I don't love the prescriptive prenatals. I know that your insurance probably covers them. However, like people can use HSA and FSA on Fullscript, so you can at least use some insurance money or get reimbursement. But the prescriptives usually have dyes in them, and I'm like, why? why on earth does this have like red dye number, blah, blah, blah. You know, it makes no sense. So sourcing is one thing. Um, Looking at the actual forms of the nutrients is incredibly important. Um, And potentially even working with somebody because there are some people who need more iron, less during pregnancy, et cetera. But I personally really like to put people on pre-activated forms of nutrients. So we're talking about the methyl, methyl group Bs, so methylfolate, methylcobalamin. And why that's important is because it kind of surpasses your or bypasses your body's need to activate those nutrients. They're more absorbable and usable. And there's a huge population of people who have variations in our genetics that make it harder for our bodies to actually employ that process. So you are just ensuring you're kind of just without doing hundreds of dollars of genetic testing, you're ensuring that you bypass that possibility. Um, and those forms of nutrients are shown to reduce early miscarriage. So it's like, you know, if you have identified that you're somebody who has those mutations, things like MTHFR, et cetera, you definitely want to make sure you have those methylated versions. But typically there's no, and I'm making broad general statements, right? But typically there's no harm for people that don't have those mutations or issues in taking the preactivated forms anyway. Um, That's what so- I do. I take the yeah. pre-activated forms because I'm like, I don't really want, I'm not in a position to pay for the genetic testing right now. And I know the research supports that this will get the job done. So I also recommend that to people. Yeah. And I mean, there's a small cohort of people who will get something called methyl trapping, which means that uh, those methyl groups kind of accumulate and they feel worse, but you'll know pretty quickly if that's you and then you'll switch. Um, I also, I really like the prenatals that have like additional food grade sources, like they'll have broccoli sprouts and things like that. So they're adding to the nutrient uh, density of the product. I also just, uh, everybody wants that one a day, right? It's just so easy, but ultimately I'm, I'm suspicious because most prenatals you need four a day. So when you have that little compact horse pill, I'm like, are we really getting everything we need here? Um, And I would also say in testing prenatals, you know, if, if you don't feel well when you take it, you shouldn't. Um, there are there are products, there's so many different forms of nutrients and our bodies respond in different ways. Um, therefore, like I'll have people that are like, I feel a little flushed and hot and nauseated when I take that. And I'm like, okay, well, did you take it with food? Yeah, and I'm still getting nauseated. Let's just try something else. You know, like listen to your, like we said, the body talks. So 
um, listening to that. And then also, if you're somebody who's already on a bunch of nutrients, I would go for the brands that you feel good with because supplement brands, they have manufacturing processes. So they have factories or places where they're actually making these products. And if you know you're not sensitive or reactive to their other products, then likely you'll reduce the risk of being sensitive or reactive to to their others. Um, I, of course, have favorites. And I even like I'm I'll share I'm pregnant now and I on my shelves I have like my favorite prenatal that I think is the best. Um and then I have like the one a day where if I'm like it's chaos, I'm just taking that one because I want to at least get some of those nutrients in. So I also think having some options that are suitable to your changes in everyday life are great too. Can we ask what your favorite is for you? And again, like it's for you. We know it's not for everyone, but what's your favorite? I love the Designs for Health Prenatal Pro. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite. I recommend it often. I trust Designs for Health. Um, I don't love every product they have, but I love many of them and their prenatal. And then I have a new chapter one daily that um, is like my go-to real quick. We need this. Um, And I'll I'll say another, but I also like the Ancient Nutrition brand as well. They have a good one. Interesting. Okay. I got to look into all of those because that's not the one that I got the lab testing from. Oh my God. I, I'm dying to know now. Um, but I also- I'm building so much hype. I hope that it's like, I hope that I actually like it because um, it was crazy. Also, I'm surprised that designs wouldn't. And I think sometimes those companies have reps that will give you that information. And maybe that's why. I haven't reached but- out to them yet. I'll reach out to them. Yeah, I'll add them cool. to our list. Maybe they'll be like, now they'll reach the top tier because I'm sure they'll share it. Most companies who actually do lab testing have no problem sharing it with you. It's the companies who are falsely advertising or they didn't pass their lab testing. Well, and that's another important point too. Like if you're just a person in the world, you're not going to work with a doctor, you're looking through um, prenatals and you're trying to find something. If you find a pretty brand on Instagram, let's say, and you go on their website and nowhere on their website do they have ingredient lists or the ingredient list is like a pretty picture of like a fruit and then it says it, but it doesn't have the actual ingredient list with the medical term of the nutrient. Don't buy it. They're not telling you what's in it. If it says B12 and it doesn't say the form of B12 that's there, they're just, they're, they're being evasive kind of like through, um, what's the word? Like through, uh, what's the word? Omission. You know, they're yeah. just not giving you that information. And if they're not giving it to you, it's likely because it's not good news. That's exactly how I feel. And that's why, like, just for fun, started reaching out to all these companies. And I was like, will you share your lab testing? And then, like, most of them just never got back to me. And then one of them was like, yep, absolutely. Like, we'll send it to you. And then I'm like, I trust you. Now I trust you. And a couple of my friends have used you. So, yeah, well, I'll tell everyone what that brand is once I, like. But I think that's, like, a good rule of thumb. Like, don't be scared to just quick email. Hey, I'm really excited about taking this product. Could you please share your three your third party testing with me? Like for prenatals, is, and like if it's food based, like it's different. But like for prenatals, I just feel like it's like come on, like that's something everyone should be doing third party testing on. Well, and not just that, but like, don't you feel good when a company and you feel aligned when you get a friendly response and there's an energy exchange there? Like there's something to be said about that. That's like you know, that's like just another tick in the box of like, this feels good for my body. Exactly. Okay. Last thing. Yeah. And then we want to tell everyone where to find you. But first, if you could sure. just say like one thing to anyone who is thinking about getting pregnant, maybe hasn't been pregnant before, there's just like so much 
I mean, I just like, I feel like I'm in this phase of my life. So I'm like feeling the like excitement, anxiety, fear, stress. Like, what would you say to that person who is thinking about getting pregnant, but has never been pregnant before? Okay. I think I have two really important things. Um, One is that, and this is going to sound hokey maybe, but the, the actual act and, and like moment and ability to get pregnant is truly one in a billion. It's such a miracle to get pregnant. And so patience and understanding that getting pregnant isn't always easy. It's not always simple. Um, and just understanding what a miracle it really is for that exact circumstance to occur. And, and being open. So to me, pregnancy, and because I've had a baby before, pregnancy is when this other piece of you awakens. Um, so listening to your intuition around that and also pregnancy, birth, labor, and delivery, absolutely hundred percent are about adaptability and about surrender. You cannot be in this control space thinking that you are pulling all the strings to how this all manifests, how your body reacts. You know, it's this very minute chance that it happens and we know it happens a lot, but there are a lot of variables and circumstances. So being patient with the process, being open and able to adapt, being able to surrender to the process, it just eases the it eases the whole thing from conceiving all the way through birthing a baby, being able to surrender control and to control what you can and do your best is really important. And the other thing I want to say is you are never prepared. You know, they, you can read all the books, you can do all the right things. And like this experience of trying to create and bring forth a life is just so like sacred and amazing. And no matter how prepared you are, there will be the unexpected. Your body is doing something it never did before, easing in and not figuring it all out, but being a little bit, like I said, adaptable, able to react to what's going on and be resilient around it. So like you shared, your doctor said, Hey, maybe it's not the time. And instead of being like, you could, because you could, you could be like, I'm activating and I'm doing da, 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 and I'm going to get this done. And that's really what fertility specialists do, right? They, they, get, they adjust all your numbers until you get pregnant. And then there's a huge fallout after because you've pushed it. So somebody who's preparing to get pregnant, it's like, let this unfold, do your best, become your best self take the best care of yourself that you know how and same for your partner, but also just like be open to the process that you, I mean, you could get pregnant and you could have a miscarriage at six, seven weeks and then get pregnant the next month and have a baby. You know, there's just so many things that happen and we have to just be present to the fact that um, it's not normal to get pregnant. It is miraculous to get pregnant. And when you're trying to manifest a miracle, if you will, um, you have to leave room for things to kind of shift. I love that. I think that's like a great takeaway too, is just like, this is just such a, it is a miracle. It is insane. Like I look at my beautiful, amazing pregnant friends and I'm like, you literally have a human being in your body. And it's just the coolest thing in the world. I've always, even like, I actually didn't always think I want kids, which is been an interesting shift, but now I know I do. Even then I was like, this is the coolest thing. Like our bodies are so incredible. So I love that it is miraculous. It is amazing. It is incredible. Okay. So you're in New Jersey. 
But how can I'm everyone? I'm actually in Philadelphia. Oh, you're in Philadelphia. Okay, okay. So how can everyone find you? How could they work with you? Like, how does that work? Because that's always like the number one question we get like after these episodes. Like, how does that work? Yeah. Um. So I'm here in private practice in Philadelphia. I'm in the little fish town section of Philly, which is fun if anybody knows anything about it. Um. I have a website, which I'm sure you'll put in show notes. And um, I'm accept I'm accepting new patients. I don't I don't specialize in fertility. It's just um, or hormones. It's just what happens to come across my door, or my threshold the most often because uh, people are just not really helped by modern medicine very much when it comes to hormones. Same goes with like anxiety, digestion, those things that I commonly treat. Um, but I'm absolutely accepting new patients. You can make appointments virtually. You can come into office. I have a space that I've created um, for people to feel hopefully held here. And um, I'll say this, like, I'm not the guru of anything. I'm, I'm the person that wants to help guide you to figure out what's best for you. And what else can I say about that? Yeah, I have my, I have my website up and you can call my office or email me or just book right through the website. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us and we will talk to you soon and I'll link all of your stuff in the show notes so everybody can find you and we appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you guys for listening. If this episode would help anybody, if you share it, it's the best way for our podcast to reach and help more people. And also, you know, if you have any questions, you can reach out to me at Carbs and Kate on Instagram. It's where I talk about all of these things, but you guys are actually finding out about most of this first. So feel free to ask me any questions.